What's going on, everyone? Welcome to episode 18 of the Downtown Brown Town podcast. I'm your host, Downtown Brown. If you haven't already, please make sure to subscribe to my YouTube channel. That way you can stay up to date on all my future content when it is posted. And follow me on Instagram and Twitter as well. I'm at downtown underscore brown 33 on Instagram and at downtown underscore brown on Twitter. Uh, today, I'm joined by a special guest here. It's my first time having a guest on the show. I'm really excited about it. So I'm going to kick it off to Philip here and just tell a little bit about yourself. Hi, guys. Uh, my name is Philip. Um, I'm also known as Bucks underscore take on Twitter. I don't have really any other social medias, but if you do want to contact me or message me or anything, I'm on Bucks underscore take on Twitter. But yeah, nice to meet you guys. Cool. So let's go ahead and get started here. We're going to do a mid-season review. The Bucks coming in at 22 and 14 through the first half of the season. We kick off the second half tomorrow against the New York Knicks at home. So my first question for you is going to be, how do you feel about the Bucks halfway through the season? Are you happy with where we're at 22 and 14? What, what are your thoughts there? Um, I think we're good. We're not as good as we were last season. We definitely weren't as good as we were last season. Last season was like a, I don't know what you call it. It was an asterisk, not an asterisk for us, but it was definitely a year that was surprising for us. Like we didn't expect we were going to do that good last season, right? A little bit of an outlier. Yeah. 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 And so I don't really want to compare to us last season because I feel like it was kind of like an outlier season. Mm-hmm. Like, so I think we're definitely doing good. Like we're in third, right? We're not doing yeah. bad. We're in a good spot. We shouldn't be com- like, we're not. I feel like we're right in the middle. Like we shouldn't be complaining. We shouldn't be, we're right in the middle. So I think we're good. I think we're where we should be. I don't have any complaints. I completely agree. The one word I described for uh, where, how I feel about the, the Bucks halfway this season is I'm content. You know, I mean, it's been a weird season, man. I mean, just COVID. I mean, no fans. I mean, the Bucks definitely thrive on their fans at Pfizer form. I'm mm-hmm. a season ticket holder myself and man, I miss going to the games um I'll be going to one soon here coming up but I mean it's just been a weird year you know you got Drew missing 10 games I mean in a year where we trade away a lot of our depth to get a a quality player like Drew Holiday when when that player is out for 10 games you're going to see the impact of that so I mean look at other teams around the league I mean Boston 19 and 17 I mean they've got great players on their team clearly they're struggling Toronto is I think two games under 500 Miami is struggling I mean, we're only two games back from Philly and mm-hmm. all this stuff going on. I mean, I, I'm content. You know, we're, mm-hmm. Brooklyn is, is, a, is a powerhouse for sure. We're only one and a half back from them, though. So, I mean, I think this is a year that getting that one seed would be pretty valuable just because, um, you know, we could maybe avoid a Brooklyn and a Philly uh, in the second round of the playoffs, which is something that they might need, you know. So, mm-hmm. yeah, I mean, you, you got to be – somewhat pleased with it and and just hope that you know we stay healthy the rest of the season and uh just continue to to trend upward and start playing well when it matters most in the playoffs so Mm -hmm. i'm definitely content with with where we're at yeah Um, so next question for you is what's your biggest surprise of the season from a positive perspective um positive perspective i would say our biggest surprise in a positive perspective definitely has to be either bobby portis or Bryn forbes hands down i think i think we i would lean more towards Bryn forbes because we didn't really know what we were going to get out of him we knew he was a bench player on san antonio we knew he was all right but 
he's been shooting insanely. Like he's what number two or number three right now in three point percentage. Yeah, he is insane, insane. So definitely a good bench piece, better than expected. So yeah, that's my biggest surprise. No, I I'm definitely with you on both of those. I had down Bobby Portis and and just Drew Holiday in general. Um, mm-hmm. We'll start with Bobby Portis. I mean, he's shooting what fifty percent from three. Mm-hmm. I think he's incredible. The NBA. I mean. Who would have thought that? I mean, I yeah. knew the guy was a bucket and that's mm-hmm. what he did. High energy guy can score defense, a little hit or miss. Um, but man, has he just been outstanding? Mm-hmm. Uh, the Bucks have really hit the home run with that biannual exception contract the last yeah. couple of years. Brooke Lopez two years ago, uh, it turned out really well and maybe not so much right now, but uh, Bobby Portis as well has, has played just outstanding. I mean, I, I hope the guy gets more minutes going forward here. He's just, he's been far exceeded my expectations and I actually really liked the signing at the time Bryn mm-hmm. Forbes too I mean he's yeah what 46 percent from three I believe and he's shooting let me see shooting uh 45 percent right now okay it must have dipped just a little bit um yeah. man he's been he's been great I mean on a team like the Spurs where you know just he's he's got that basketball IQ coming from a Popovich and just mm-hmm. playing that swing style of offense and He's just been a great fit for the team in general. Seems to have a connection with Giannis as well, which obviously is very important uh, for the Bucks team. So definitely agree with you there. And we'll we'll go to Drew Holiday. I mean, I knew he was good. I knew he was a good defensive player. I just Mm -hmm. didn't know that he was that good. Like he Mm -hmm. can guard one through three easy, can switch on any of those guys. We've seen him guard guys like LeBron James, Kevin Durant this year. I mean, I don't really want him guarding Kevin Durant. But, I mean, he can do it. I mean, he's just mm-hmm. a pest. He gets in your face, and he's really strong. Um, I just didn't think he was this elite of a defender. I mean, obviously, Eric Bledsoe was great for us in all NBA defensive team the last two years. But Drew Holiday, I think, is a step above him defensively. I mean, just in terms of the switching ability, you can't throw Bledsoe on a three. He's just too short. I mean, yeah, he's, yeah. he's rich, but – um, I mean, he just can't hold his own against a guy like a LeBron or, or someone of that nature. I mean, that's why we had like Wesley Matthews to kind of play that role of guarding a Jimmy Butler or a player like that. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, and, and Drew Holiday's offense as well is, is definitely better than I expected. I mean, he's just so composed with the ball, complete opposite from a Bledsoe where you just wanted to cringe, you know, when he had the ball sometimes driving in the lane. Like, I just felt like he would just barge in there because he's so strong and then like he would just kind of he'd be in there and be like I don't know what to do and then just throw it away but mm-hmm. Holiday is just a complete opposite he's a great passer I mean we've seen him yeah he's a great passer some excellent like full court passes to insane, insane. and Chris um, and he's just aware of everything that's going on he makes the right plays mm-hmm. and and obviously he's a pretty good shooter I, obviously mm-hmm. better than Bledsoe more consistent oh wait and anyone's better than Bledsoe honestly like <laughs> except when he plays the Bucks it looks yeah. like I mean yeah he's been lighting us up but obviously that that's nothing to be nothing that's going to be consistent so and we saw him hit that step back uh, game winner against the Grizzlies there uh, just about a week ago so I mean he's got the clutch gene in him we saw him a couple seasons ago sweep the Portland Trailblazers in the playoffs when they were the sixth seed uh, and just really get into Damian Lillard. So, I mean, that's the kind of guy I was expecting, but man, he's just, he's still exceeding my expectations. Mm -hmm. And I think he's going to be a player that's going to be even better in the playoffs. Mm -hmm. Um, Now that he's healthy, 
COVID free. Um, hopefully to see him back in the starting lineup here uh, come tomorrow. I'd, I'd be surprised if he wasn't starting. But yeah, I mean, that's got to be the biggest surprises for me are, are Holiday and Portis. Mm-hmm. So we talked positive. So now let's switch it to the negative side. What What is your biggest surprise from a negative perspective this season? It's tough. I have two players in mind and I don't really want to like say the second name, but the first name for sure has to be DJ Augustine. I think we can all agree that DJ Augustine has been a huge letdown. He was supposed to be our backup point guard. He's supposed to be the guy behind DiVincenzo, who's supposed to be that veteran guy who kind of leads him into that starting role. And I don't know how many points he's averaging. Let me see. He's averaging... um, He's averaging points. Let's see. 6.1 points. I was going to guess 6.1 points. And he's our bench guard. Like, that's not acceptable, honestly. Like, it's all right. His shooting's, it's okay. Like, his shooting hasn't been that good. His, you can tell when he's at the top of, top of the key when he's dribbling it in. Like, he just passes it right off. He's not, he's not aggressive like he used to be. He's old. I just think we need to get rid of him. Like, it's, it's too much. We need to get another guard who is younger and I think that's a thing we brought Miles Powell up right so yeah that's going to be a plus um I'm not sure though I really don't know yeah I mean I go back and forth on Augustine I actually he was a guy I kind of wanted the Bucks to sign in the offseason just mm-hmm. and it was more just uh, recency bias from him playing really well against the Bucks in the bubble in that first round playoff series I mean just a guy who hits tough contested threes and and had that ability to drive and maneuver and make the right pass. But mm-hmm. I've been up and down on him all year. I mean, I think he has a role on the team where if he just can play that catch and shoot role, where mm-hmm. I think he's shooting 42% from three when he shoots catch and shoot shots, like that's, oh. that's his role. So he, the, the, he just doesn't, if he's operating the offense, running the offense, it hasn't went super well. I mean, I think he really struggled early on. I think he's gotten a little better, looked a little more quick getting to the basket and just not even trying to hit those layups. Cause man, he's gotten stuffed badly mm-hmm. many, many times this season. And it's mm-hmm. almost embarrassing to watch at times, mm-hmm. but I think he, he does pretty well, like doing some of those crazy, like in the air passes. Um, so I, I still think an upgrade there would be great. I mean, man, mm-hmm. George Hill would be awesome to still have. Oh, him. my. If we still had George Hill, that would be, I don't know. I don't know what we'd be like right now. Yeah, I, I love George Hill ever since we signed him. I still have flashbacks in that playoff series against Boston two years ago, and he just crossed the shit out of Kyrie and yeah. land on him. In the yeah. I mean, he was just great. And, what, shooting 50% mm-hmm. from three last year. Before and he's really before. consistent. Like, he's – like, you know what you're going to get out of him. Like, last year, the whole year, he was shooting, what, about 45? He was closer to 50, like, the whole year last year. I think he was, like, over 50. For he was like, over 50? Maybe, like, up until the season got canceled. Like, it might have oh, been wow. That's crazy. And obviously, the bubble was just a travesty for a lot of different mm-hmm. reasons. I'm not going to – Yeah, that was uh, – we don't talk about that. For that one, um, I think just – all the players in general didn't meet their expectations, yeah. but yeah. Bledsoe, I mean, Bledsoe in specific though, Bledsoe, Bledsoe in specific. I, I definitely agree with that one. <laughs> I, I'm a huge Bledsoe fan still. Like just, I love the guy. Like he yeah. was, we were so yeah. close to winning a title with mm-hmm. him. I mean, 2019, like if, if we win that game three against Toronto, yeah. a double overtime game, I believe. Um, if we win that game. I mean, 
Obviously, we lost four in a row. I don't think we lose four in a row in that scenario. And and that series came down to the the series prior that that you just mentioned with Toronto. That one came down to Chris Middleton not showing up. So like it was either like it always seems like Giannis has that that second option that doesn't show up, and it's just it sucks. It just sucks. Yeah, it really does, and and that's where a guy like Drew can come in and hopefully be that steady number two for him. Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah. say yeah. what you want, Drew regular season drew's a two middleton's a two i don't really care i think they're equal i think they're equal exactly they they provide different roles um Mm -hmm. i don't even want to get down that debate it's not really worth it but um yeah i mean just having the ability to have a guy like that in the playoffs is is what we need and and drew holiday is hopefully going to be that guy so yeah i mean i think backup point guard is definitely somewhere where we could look to upgrade um and, and I'm DJ Augustine, just, uh, it's, it's tough to watch sometimes, but uh, right now we got to ride with him. We got to give mm-hmm. him some minutes and, and see what he can do. And hopefully he can, he can progress. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm going to throw one more negative in there and that's going to be Brooke Lopez. Um, yeah. I, I, it's not necessarily his scoring. I just think he looks a step slower. Yeah. And yeah. Clearly his rim protection is not as elite as it was. Um, I was looking at a stat the other day and, and it said like uh, in the percentiles, like the last two seasons with Brooke Lopez on the court, we were in the hundredth percentile. And this season it's like 58th in terms of like rim protection in general. Mm-hmm. Uh, clearly there's a dip there. He's not blocking as many shots. I mean, there were games he had like five, six blocks the mm-hmm. last couple of years, just out of this world. I never expected that from him when we signed him in the first place, just thought mm-hmm. he'd be a, a a center who could space the floor for Giannis and hit those threes, which mm-hmm. he can definitely do. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, man, he just looks a step slower to me. And for a team that really values the rim protection uh, for their defensive scheme, I mean, it's, it's taken a big dip and, and we're definitely seeing it this season. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, I think we're kind of stuck with him. We'll, we'll get down the, the trade uh, potential trades here in a little bit. Uh, I think Brooke Lopez ultimately stays on the team. I think he still has a role. I just yeah. think that, yeah. you know, we've got to blend in a little more Bobby Portis and maybe throw in some other like rim protecting center that can, you know, play 10 to 20 minutes a game mm-hmm. and just be more of that role. And then have Brooke Lopez come in and just kind of be a shooter and, and guard, like, cause he's valuable too for teams like a Philly who has a well and bead like a clear dominant center, mm-hmm. a big, big center. Like Giannis could guard Embiid, but I don't know if you want that. Mm-hmm. Um, he's clearly better as that helping, that main helper, being able to block shots, get his hand in there, get some steals. Um, and I, I think Giannis in general needs to guard more elite players on offense in general. Like when we played the Nets uh, earlier in the season, we had what Connaughton getting switched on Durant like continuously. And it's just like, you can't let that happen. Like you got to have Giannis who matches up with him from a height perspective, guarding these elite defenders. I mean, yeah, yeah. defensive player of the year last year. So mm-hmm. it's, clearly he's a great, great defender. So you got to mm-hmm. utilize his skill set and, and just get him more involved defensively. Yeah. I think that'll help the Bucks going forward. But mm-hmm. yeah, man, I mean, Brooke Lopez for me is, I, I love him. He's, he's been a great player for us, but I just, I've definitely been disappointed. I did not expect this dip from him this year. I don't think really anyone. Yeah. He's like, he's, he's definitely a consistent player. Like he definitely puts on the same amount of stat line usually every night, mm-hmm. but I just find like, like you said, he's, he's a step slower. 
you can tell that when he's in the paint and they and the the opposing team dishes it out to the corner for a three, he he's never able to get there in time. For, he's just not. He's too slow. He can't cover the perimeter, and it's and it's sad. It's it's just sad. I completely agree. You know, it's it's just that you we relied so heavily on his mm-hmm. abilities on the defense end the last two years, and and any sort of dip is clearly going to make an impact, and mm-hmm. it has. So, mm-hmm. gotta go, Brooke Lopez for yeah. me for that one. Yeah. Um, so now let's let's jump into to coaching a little bit here. Let's talk about Coach Bud. Uh, what is your stance on Coach Bud? Were you in the camp of did you want him fired last offseason after the <laughs> disappointing loss to the Miami Heat in the bubble? Or did you want him fired when we had that five-game losing streak when Twitter was just going wild, yeah. fire Bud, fire Bud? I mean, yeah. they're trying to get that trending on Twitter at one point yeah. in time. Yeah. So what is your stance on Coach Bud in general? Um, first of all, I wasn't like, I don't like Bud, but I don't really also approve the whole like firing Bud in the middle of the season. I don't think that's something that's smart. Like, um, we can't have an interim coach that like, that's not something that we need right now when we're trying to win a championship. That's just not smart. Um, I think he needs to be fired. I thought he should have been fired last year when we lost. I think he got completely out coached by Spolstra. We all know that. Like his defensive schemes were outdated. Like the first two games, okay, he he did all right. And then Spolstra picked up on what he did defensively, picked up on what we did offensively, did what he had to do, and Bud couldn't adjust. And I think the the front office should have seen then, should have seen that it's the, it's literally a reflection of Atlanta. Like he had so many stars in Atlanta. He had Millsap, he had Schroeder, he had all these keys. Right. He had so many good players and still couldn't get it done. It's it's literally just him not being able to get it done in the playoffs. That's that's it. Yeah, I mean, a lot to digest there. I mean, I I think if they would have fired him, you're right. They should have mm. done it last off season. Like clearly a mid-season change especially this year with COVID less practice time there's not much just team camaraderie in Mm. general so I just don't think that would make sense I I mean a lot of people think Darvin Ham is more of a hot head coaching guy like I don't necessarily disagree with that but I just don't think that it's really going to do much good firing bud Mm. mid-season like you got to ride it out with him at this point um and the only reason why like I'm okay with them keeping him is because we wanted Giannis to sign the contract. And that mm-hmm. was obviously the number one important thing for the Bucks this last off season. I'm not saying firing, Bud would have changed anything. It could have, but I think that was their main focus and they didn't want to make too many wholesale changes. So from that perspective, I'm okay with it. You know, mm-hmm. obviously if he didn't sign the contract, who knows, what would be happening this season it would just be a mess uh, yeah. luckily you don't have to deal with that but yeah I mean going back to your take on Atlanta too I, I agree with for the most part the only thing I, I counter a little bit is like they really didn't have that that Giannis you know like they yeah, had true. all-stars what they had was it four all-stars that yeah one? they had four all-stars Which yeah clearly didn't make much sense to yeah me. Um, Kyle Korver I think slipped into there as mm-hmm. former buck as a as an all-star which is kind of funny um, but they didn't have that Giannis and, and you had LeBron and the Cavs just yeah down. that's true so that, that's my only take there I mean I definitely like it, it's you're totally right in terms of like just him not being able to get it done in the playoffs not making adjustments that sort of thing I think there's just a little more to it but I, I definitely don't disagree there mm-hmm. um, 
it's nice to see him starting to make some adjustments this season. You know, mm-hmm. the, the whole drop coverage defense yeah. thing where I've talked about numerous times on this podcast uh, just isn't getting it done right now. I mean, teams are taking advantage of it. They have lots of film on it from the last two postseasons from Toronto and uh, Miami just dominating that defensive scheme that we are running. So, mm-hmm. yeah, I mean – we got to ride it out with them at this point. Mm-hmm. I think it's just, it doesn't make any sense. And if we disappoint in the playoffs again this year, he's got to go. Mm-hmm. I mean, you got Giannis on the contract that that's all good. Um, and clearly we don't have really any salary to work with. So that's mm-hmm. one way you could, you know, get a little spark with the team, you know, maybe have the team get a little bit better is have a coach come in. I mean, look at uh, Philly this year, Doc Rivers coming in. Mm-hmm. Uh, clearly he's been a positive impact for them mm-hmm. um, when Brett Brown has been I'm not saying he yeah, was Brett Brown ass, but he kind of was in a way yeah like, didn't have that natural like coaching skills that a guy like a Doc Rivers does no Doc Rivers is special yeah I agree there so yeah I mean I think we got to ride it out with him and, and just see what happens and hopefully we can make a deep run so mm-hmm. Staying on the terms of Coach Bud here, what are your thoughts on the bench rotation this year? Do you like what we're seeing? Do you wish there'd be more of a certain player, less of another player? What are your thoughts there? I think for certain situations, certain people shouldn't be on. Like, I see a lot of people on Twitter, they say like, oh, Pat shouldn't be on because he can't defend for certain players. But you guys also need to realize that Pat is a great three-point shooter. And... Him not being on the defensive end means that he's not going to be on the offensive end. So when you take him off, he's not going to be able to hit three-point shots for us. So, like, there are going to be times where these bench players aren't going to be as good in certain areas. Yeah, we know Pat isn't as good um, around the rim, around, you know, defending. But we know he's a great – he's great at facilitating. He's great at uh, setting screens. He's great at shooting. He's great at a lot of things. Um, I think Thanasis needs a lot of more minutes as well. Really? Okay, I'm interested to hear this. Thanasis is his energy. Like, I don't know. Like, you know how we lack in the third quarters. Like, we come in out of the half, and we just seem like we're just, like, a whole different team. Because usually the first half, we're known for being, like, a really good team in the first half. Yep. And then we come into the second half, and we just, we're, like, asleep. So I think I've noticed, like, lately, Thanasis' energy just lights a spark for the team like i don't know if you watch the all access the all access documentaries that they do on youtube actually the nasa's they do catch a couple clips of the nasa's on the bench and there are clips of him like yet not yelling but like his energy is insane like just pumping up everybody getting everyone back into that like zone of like this is ride or die you have to win this game and i think that's somebody that we need and when he's on the court like he his energy on the court is phenomenal. He's running around like he's – he just runs around, like, so fast. It's so funny. Like, the energy he has is crazy. And, and it's not that he messes up that much. Like, he, he donks. He's he, – him and Giannis have that chemistry, so it works out perfectly. And he has a chemistry with basically everybody on the team. He, so, I think the Nassus and Pat, mainly – I don't really care that much about DJ Wilson – he kind of needs to be traded. Like we already seen what we've seen from him. Um, Bryn Forbes. I think he should stay where he is. Bobby Portis. Uh, Bobby Portis maybe could go into the starting role. Like it's debatable because of Brooke Lopez, right? I don't know. But yeah, that's my opinion. Lots to get in there. Uh, yeah. 
So what are your thoughts on Tory Craig? I know he's a very popular name. Oh, Tory Craig. Yeah, I like, forgot about him. Uh, like, we need more Tory Craig. There's yeah, Tory Craig. Yeah. Uh, what are your thoughts on him? Do you think, uh, like, him and Thanasis play mm-hmm. somewhat of a similar role, more of the defensive kind of mindset, mm-hmm. not very uh, diverse skill set on offense? So mm-hmm. compare the two there. Like, what do you think? there should be more Craig, less Thanasis, or more Thanasis, less Craig, or just dive into that a little bit. I think, because like I mentioned earlier, Pat's defense, his perimeter defense, like when he closes out, he does this really weird thing. Well, like when someone's shooting like a corner three, he'll like overextend his, his, um, his contest and he'll like run past the contest. It's really weird what he does. I don't really get it, but I think in those scenarios where we're in the fourth quarter, we're locking down on defense, we shouldn't be having Pat out there. We should be having Tory Craig. Tory Craig was on the Nuggets last year. He was guarding LeBron, okay? We don't need a Pat Connaughton guarding KD in the fourth quarter, which that actually did happen in the Nets game, which was unacceptable by Bud. That shouldn't have been Pat Connaughton at the time. That should have been Tory Craig. But, yeah, that's, that's my answer to your question. Cool. So I'm going to start with Pat Connaughton. I'm, I'm a big fan of him. I think mm-hmm. he's so underappreciated for this team. I think you touched on a lot of great things in terms of his skill set. Another really underrated part of his game, in my opinion, is his rebounding. Yeah, his rebounding is very crazy. active on yeah. the boards. I mean, yeah. clearly he can get up. I mean, we yeah. saw him in the dunk contest last year. And, and I like your point there about his contests in the corner of the three there. Like he just skies in the air when he does that. It's like, mm-hmm. And then he's almost like jumping into the bench. Mm-hmm. It seems like yeah, that that does frustrate me for sure. Like yeah. I get the intent of like he can get up, he can block shots. Yeah, I've seen him have some really nice plays blocking shots. Mm-hmm. Uh, but obviously sometimes he's a doesn't work aggressive like... there. Uh, I think Pat is important to this team. Mm-hmm. I really like him around the twenty minute per game mark. Um, and even so, going to your point about him closing games, I think he's a guy who can close a game. To be honest. Uh, I'm going to get to a, a take a little bit later about Bucks playing a little bit more small ball, um, but I think he's a great guy for a small ball type of lineup. I mean, I think he defends pretty well, even on the perimeter, like he moves his feet well, he's athletic. I mean, yeah, in terms of like big bruisers who can kind of just bulldoze over him, like, yeah, that, that's a weakness there for sure. Mm-hmm. I think he's got some quickness though. Mm-hmm. And I think he's just a solid player. Like, Mm-hmm. There's just a lot of uh, people ripping on him on Twitter, like, and it's more so his shooting ability, like mm-hmm. kind of a roller coaster. I mean, it is for a lot of players, right? Like, mm-hmm. I mean, there's not many, you know, Joe Harris's who can just Steph Curry's who that's just, true when they get that open three, you know, they're going to make it. Like, mm-hmm. I mean, yeah, Pat has his ups and downs, but in general, I mean, I don't know what his three-point percentage is. He's shooting uh, 39, 39%. Oh, that's higher than I thought. I was going to yeah. go right around 36. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, that's pretty damn good, if you ask me. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, a lot of his threes are that catch and shoot, too, which mm-hmm. I'm more of a fan of that versus a guy like a DJ Augustine who tries to create a shot, and, and it's just – it's a disaster at that point. Like, mm-hmm. you've got to have the general quickness and, and just ball handling skills and, and – more so height from a DJ Augustine perspective to, to get that shot off. I mean, mm-hmm. Middleton, yeah, let, let's go. I'm down with that all day. Him trying to create shots for himself and, and Drew even too. He's got a great step back. But yeah, I mean, I think Pat's really underappreciated and mm-hmm. I, I think he's going to be a key player for this team going forward. Um, 
and if he hits shots, like he he is just a a cornerstone yeah. for the bench in my opinion. like he hit that shot against uh what was it like a minute left in the Memphis game? He yep. hit that that dish out three, like that was yeah. a big shot. Yeah, I mean he's got that in him, and uh, he's not afraid of the big moment, and, and he's just he's very well rounded. Uh, mm-hmm. Doesn't have too many flaws. He, he doesn't have like a lot of just really like elite parts of his game, but mm-hmm. that, that's okay. You know, he's well rounded. Yeah, like I, I've been saying this a lot to some of my buddies. Like if Pat Connaughton is your let's say eighth, ninth guy coming off the bench, like that's not bad. I mean, yeah, that's not, not going to kill you at all. Yeah. I mean, it could be way, way worse than that. So mm-hmm. I, I'm definitely with you on Pat. Uh, let's get to Thanasis. Uh, mm-hmm. I, I mean, he's great in terms of the energy, like you said. And I definitely, I don't have the all access thing, um, but I try and keep an eye on him on the bench when, you know, Giannis has a poster dunk or something mm-hmm. like that. And you just see him just smacking. Yeah. And he does it on the, the free throws too. He knocks on the hardwood. Yeah. I yeah. mean, it, it's great just to have a guy like yeah. that. Um, and you know, I think he he can play a role for this team. And in terms of like that energy, you said, you know, on that five game losing streak, I think it was that second game we yeah. left to Toronto is when he kind of came back into the rotation. He yeah, he did. Yeah. Earlier on in the year, like maybe 10 minutes a game, they were mm-hmm. giving him some run. Like that was when DJ Wilson was even getting some minutes. Like they were mm-hmm. just kind of flirting with every forward they had mm-hmm. just to see what they had. And, and Thanasis stuck for a little bit. He, he provided some nice energy. I mean, he's active on rebounds. I mean, mm-hmm. just kind of hilarious to watch him mm-hmm. on defense in general. Like, he'll defend guys full court sometimes, just get in their face. Like, it's kind of funny to me in a way just because he's that, that energizer bunny. Um, mm-hmm. But I think he can play a role. My, my one concern with him is, is clearly on the offensive end, doesn't have much to provide, obviously – doesn't have really much of a shot to speak of mm-hmm. and teams yeah. can clearly sag off of him and and double yeah a Giannis or a Chris that's true. That's true. um so that's my concern there and I, yeah. and I feel like he's kind of just going to be a guy where you play him in like five to ten game spans where like you know the energy is low and and you bring him in and he's going to provide that spark uh, but I feel like good teams are really going to take advantage of him and that's that's my concern with him is I just mm-hmm. don't think he has a long-term role on the team where game in and game out, he's going to be able to, to give a positive impact. Yeah. Uh, that's just my take there. I, I don't yeah. disagree um, with what you're saying there. I just, I'm yeah. a little concerned about him going forward, especially yeah. in a, in a playoff series. I just don't know what he's going to get. Yeah. He definitely can't, definitely can't be playing the minutes that he's playing now in, in the playoffs. I just think he has to be used in the right sense of like when the Bucks when we're like we we're shown to be like lacking when the energy is bad he should be put in to to rejuvenate you know to kind of kickstart us again in the game you know i don't think he should be playing defense like you said he's he's not a really good defender and his shot is isn't really not there so he, he double teams get players and like you said he's he should be a specialized player like uh tory craig tory craig's offense is lacking as well but his defense is good. So we have a lot of like special players who they have their little niches, but I think they just have to be used appropriately. And I think some players like the Nassus isn't be being used to his full potential in this niche. You know what I mean? Like, I think he should be used more for the energy. He's not being used enough for the energy. Dory Craig, like you've mentioned, his defense isn't even being nearly used any, like at all. Like he's not being used at all in the lineup. Like, it's just 
it doesn't um, make too much sense to me. I mean, I, I think Craig hasn't been like as good as everyone makes him out to be. I, I think mm -hmm. he's had some struggles, um, but I just think that he's consistent and he's got really long arms. He can defend. I mean, that first game Drew Holiday was out when we started the road trip, the West Coast road trip, when we played Denver, his former team. I mean, he really played good D on Jamal Murray. I mean, obviously that's a little skewed because he was on that team so he knows mm -hmm. those players tend to yeah. do a little bit more but man did he lock them down and, and we won that game without mm -hmm. drew holiday and, and tory craig was a big part of that and he hit like three threes i want to say in that game too like, yeah he did yeah. right around like low 30s for three and i mean for a guy like that that's not terrible like he he can he's shown that he can make the open three like that's my thing with the nasses is i don't think he's shown that um so, like, I just think that Torrey Craig has more of a defensive skill set than Thanasis. And uh, and I think Thanasis just is more of the energy. Like, I, I really like how Bud used him in that second Toronto game. Like, he, he didn't play for games and games at that point. He was just sitting on the bench and kind mm -hmm. of fizzled out like I talked about earlier. Yeah. But Bud clearly saw, hey, we're not even – we don't even look like we want to play this game right now. Mm -hmm. Like, let's throw this guy in there and see what happens. Mm -hmm. And we made a little bit of a, of a comeback there. And like, mm -hmm. there was almost a chance where we could have maybe won that game. Like mm -hmm. it felt like one of those games to me where we were just too big of a hole. There was no, like yeah. we could get that run, get it to five, maybe get it to, to four points. And then they would just go on a mini run and it was all she wrote. And clearly that's what happened there, but uh, all props to coach Bud there for, for using a guy like Thanasis when, when we needed him. And I just think, yeah, that's where he should be used. And, and even he could get a, like a five minute run, four minute run, maybe even every game and just kind of see what happens. I, I'd be okay with that more. So, and, and letting Tory Craig get maybe 10 to 15 minutes a game um, and just, you know, give him more of an opportunity. I think he's clearly upset that he's not getting minutes. Yeah, he is upset. I can tell. Yeah. I can tell. Um, and he signed with the team, mm -hmm. you know, obviously a minimum deal, but you know, it comes to a contending team and he was, he was excited. He seemed like he was pretty pumped. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, I think he was maybe my like second most optimistic signing that we had. I think my yeah. favorite was probably Bobby Portis. Yeah, mine was Bobby Portis. Yeah. And then I think Craig was right there. I mean, I was yeah. like, man, I saw what he did in in the bubble, and yeah. you know, they made it. They made a really nice run, and he was a, a big reason for that. And mm -hmm. I was kind of surprised that they let him go. Um, to be honest, I mean obviously he didn't get really any money. So that was a little bit of a shock to me. So when we signed him, I was like, Oh yeah, this is great. Mm -hmm. You know, like defensive guy who can low thirties from three, like we'll take mm -hmm. it, you know, like give mm -hmm. him 15 minutes a game and he's going to make an impact. So I'm definitely with you there. Um, other, other than that, from a bench perspective, I, I'm pretty content with it as well. Um, you know, I, I like Forbes right around the 15 to 20 mark yeah. Pat yeah. right around 20 yeah um I, I wish portis would get more that's that's kind how many, of how many is there. he looking at right now let me see he's looking at 21.6 which isn't that bad for portis yeah 22 we'll say 22 22 sure yeah not bad uh 25 would would be a little bit better yeah, 25 um, for, for sure i mean just he, he's just been too good for this team I and mean, we, we got to utilize his offensive ability more and, and and he also has that energy type like Athanasis does where when he hits a shot, like he'll get in guys' faces and scream and, and get hyped, you know, like, mm -hmm. 
like he's just more of a bruiser like a dog out there it's just he's mm-hmm. gonna play hard and like he can definitely provide some of that energy that the Nasus does obviously he's not running all around the court like the Nasus does but I think he's got some of that just raw energy in him yeah that can really help this team so yeah I mean I think I'm good with with the rotation here for the most part mm-hmm. I mean I think Bud's doing what he can do with the you know okay bench that we have I mean I think mm-hmm. it's pretty good obviously yeah. not as good as years past mm-hmm. um, but overall I'm not too concerned about it um, but let's see here maybe we can upgrade that bench a little bit here uh, I want to get your thoughts on on the trade deadline March 25th it's coming up uh, mm-hmm. what do you think the Bucks are going to do will they make a trade will they make a big splash more of a small move and and even the buyout market can can be a discussion here as well so what's your thoughts on the trade deadline coming up for the Bucks? Um, my thoughts are that we can't really do that much. Like we're, I'll, I'll give you the numbers. Cause I, I, I mentioned to you earlier that I had some numbers to give you, but right now our salary total before we're, before we're even including drew holidays bonuses is $134 million. Right. And the hard cap in the NBA is $138.9 million. So we're looking at about we're just what, like 400,000. We have a, we're around there. And then you have to add Drew, Drew Holiday's contract bonuses. So that's an extra 138,000. Right. And that goes to 138,000,000.4. And we have $400,000 left that we could give to anybody. $400,000. That is not a lot of money. Yeah. That is, <laughs> I'm just looking at the number and I, I, I'm getting scared because. Like the only thing we could do is maybe a two-way player for like a few weeks. Like you can't really afford anybody on like a full year, two-year contract with a four hundred thousand. That doesn't even work. Like that's this is a partial contract we're talking about. Right, right. And we've seen Miles Powell, so I think honestly the front office is looking for very small moves. We've seen Miles Powell because that contract is going to be very small. Yep. So I think. If we can get maybe one more piece that's very small or kind of like a Miles Powell, bring it up, bring him up a level, pay a very small amount and see what he does. I mean, we can't really make that many moves. Uh, like, I just want to see what they do. Honestly, I love the Miles Powell trade. I think he's a great guy. I think he didn't even get drafted, right? I think that... that yep, I think you're right. And yeah, he didn't get drafted. He's still under the G League affiliate, right? I don't think we brought him up to the Bucks. I know we mm-hmm. brought up Mamadi Diakite, mm-hmm. um, but I thought that uh, Powell kind of just took Diakite's spot, like where he was going to be in the G League, and mm-hmm. then he brought Diakite up to the to the roster. Mm-hmm. Am I right yeah. saying that? Yeah, I think he is. Yeah, I don't think he's going to come up. I'm glad we brought Diakite up because, I mean, like everybody was – everyone was screaming on Twitter. Everyone was screaming on Twitter. Yeah, I don't know if you follow Jake Reitz on Twitter. Yeah, Jake, uh, he always posts about Diakite. Yeah, I'm glad I found him on there. And I, he he did, does a great job uh, just yeah, he does a great with job. the G League games. I mean, I don't know how he does Shout it. out to you, Jake. Yeah, <laughs> he, he's doing a great job. And, I mean, clearly we saw Diakite play really freaking well in the yeah. G League. Obviously, the, the talent is not up to the, to the NBA. But, I mean, when a guy is dominating like that, like – uh, Christian Wood we've seen in years past um, just it hurts me to even bring his name up but 
I mean, you got to just bring him up and see what he can do. I mean, I I hope that we give him like a little sprinkle of minutes here and there Mm -hmm. uh, just to see what he can do. I mean, I think he provides somewhat of a skill set where he can be valuable to this team. He's 6'9", I believe. He's a double-double. He's a walking double-double. Yeah, he was like 18 and 12 in the G League or something like that. Um, And, I mean, clearly he – he fits the role of like a player that we could use more of like a. He's got the winning guy. mentality. He has the winning mentality. He, he yeah, won I mean, a state championship or yeah, not a state uh, national championship. Yeah, coming from uh, Virginia, there Tony Bennett, great great coach. We've seen guys like uh, Malcolm Brogdon, you know, have really mm-hmm. great success. Uh, yeah. Joe Harris, I believe, was. Uh, yeah, he was yeah. player as well. I mean, these are guys who are are really performing in the NBA. So yeah, I mean, I'm on the, the Akite hype train for sure. Mm-hmm. Uh, really hope to see him get out there at some point. I'm just glad we brought him up in general. I was I was worried that a team was going to swoop in there and maybe sign him to their active roster. And then yeah, I was. Uh, so good thing that we brought him up. Um, but yeah, I, I think you're pretty on point with the trade deadline here. Um, I think a small move can be done for sure. My most realistic option would be like a DJ Wilson, mm-hmm. and maybe a second round pick or two for maybe a guy like a Wayne Ellington on Detroit or a oh, Wayne Ellington. Rivers, I don't think would be bad at all. Yeah. In the mix. Um, mm-hmm. You know, DJ, obviously he's doesn't have much value, but he's an expiring contract. So it's going to help a team where like, I'll go back to Austin Rivers. I think he signed like a three-year deal. So that's, and he's not playing with the Knicks anymore. They got Derrick Rose. So mm-hmm. they've got other guards, Alfred Payton that are getting minutes over him. So it's not a guy that, really looking to play anymore and they are rumored to be shopping him so I think something like that where the Knicks could get off that three-year deal take a DJ Wilson Mm -hmm. a second round pick just to throw in some sort of asset for them Mm -hmm. um and and you know get DJ Wilson he's off the books next year and and that would make sense for both teams so that's what I think will end up happening is something like that um I, I know a lot of people are are clamoring for us to trade Brooke Lopez. And I just don't think it's going to happen. Like, no, so his contract close. is, what is it like 58 million over four years or something like that? Yeah. It, I thought it was 12 to 14 a year uh, average. Yeah. So um, like it can be done. We, it, I think we could make a bigger deal. It's just the salary's got to match almost mm-hmm. exactly. Cause we're close to that hard cap and we can't go over. So mm-hmm. I think it's possible. Like, um, I, I was listening to the Eurostep podcast earlier and Ty and Rohan do a great job. And, and they flirted the idea of like looking at trading with the Orlando magic, maybe getting an Evan Fournier, um, you know, trading Brooke Lopez, DJ Wilson. I was Evan Fournier or something. Yeah. Evan Fournier. I mean, I just don't see that happening. I, I, I don't think the bucks are going to get that aggressive to make a move like that, which could be great. I mean, Fournier is a great shooter. I think he would really help this team, but mm-hmm. Brooke Lopez still has a role. And I think mm-hmm. if we don't find someone to fill that role, I think it's going to be, it could be more detrimental than adding an Evan Fournier to the roster. So that's, that's really where I'm at. Um, mm-hmm. Just the DJ Wilson salary dump, get a, get a cheaper guy. It seems to make the most sense for me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. For sure. Yeah. So, um, in terms of buyout market, uh, and something I want to mention too before we even get to the buyout market is that I think the Bucks ultimately will make a move because 
not only just to get an asset, but to get a little bit more cap room. Um, if they could maybe, you know, Ellington was making like two and a half million on a one-year deal from Detroit. Yeah. We flipped DJ in a second round pick for him. We mm-hmm. would get uh, right around 2 million in cap, um, which could will help us get back into that buyout market. Because as of right now, we're not able to sign a guy um, for the rest of the season until like April 7th or 8th. So we're going to miss out on some of those prime buyout guys as the trade deadline comes to a, a close. So that could be really important for us to, to make a little move like that. I mean, we've been interested in the buyout market the last few years, bringing in Marvin Williams last year, um, which I, I really liked that pickup. Mm-hmm. But um, Unfortunately. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so I think that's, that's going to be a thing that John Horse is going to look at too, is like we got to be players for – uh, in the market for guys who are getting bought out. So, I mean, I, Blake Griffin was never coming to the Bucks. I don't really even want him. Yeah. I, no, I, I didn't. He's, he's on a decline. He's a hundred percent. Like, I mean, he was, he was the athleticism guy, just dunking, mm-hmm. jumping over cars in the, in the yeah. slam dunk yeah. contest. I mean, he's just, he was more of a slasher and now he just mm-hmm. kind of sits on the perimeter and shoots threes and doesn't do that very well at all. So mm-hmm. I don't think that really tips the needle that much for the Nets. I think he will help them because now he's on a good team. Like he's going to have more uh, willingness to play hard and Mm -hmm. that sort of thing, which is one of the things that annoys me about the league is like how these players can just be like, I'm done. I don't want to play on this team anymore. They, they get bought out or whatever. And then the James Harden goes and snags them up. Like it's great if you're that team, but Otherwise, it's just like, ugh, this just sucks. <laughs> yeah, it does. Like the Houston fans, I don't know how they would they were reacting at the time because I remember they had the optimism of like getting John Wall and then James Harden was like, I don't want to be here anymore. And then they were like, what's happening? We just got you John Wall. <laughs> so I don't know. I feel bad for Houston fans, but. I, I totally agree there. They were like, similar to the Bucks. They were really close to winning a title there. Yeah. Uh, and they had that three to two lead against Golden State. And then Chris Paul uh, blows out his hamstring and the rest is history there. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I mean, I, I, that's my thoughts on the trade deadline. Um, I, I just don't see anything too big going on there. Mm-hmm. So how about we maybe discuss a player or two that we haven't really touched base on much. Let's talk about Dante a little bit. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm a huge Dante fan. Um, a lot of people, I've gotten this from over 10 people that say I look a lot like him. I usually have You more. do look like Dante. I, here's another one here. here <laughs> um, and especially when I've got the shorter hair right now, it's a little all over the place. But let's talk about Dante a little bit. Uh, I'm a huge fan just like in terms of my raw fandom of the Bucks. I just, I really like the player. But what are your thoughts on Dante? I think he's a great two-way player. His defense, his energy, I think he's definitely progressed. He's better. I think like the first few years he came in, I remember the first year he didn't really play right because he got injured or that yeah. uh, heel injury, I believe. He played like 15 to 20 games. Yeah. He was getting minutes away too. Like it was like Malcolm Brogdon when we drafted him. Like he saw minutes from Mm -hmm. from game one and died. Yeah, he did. Uh, Bud Muster, but he clearly likes him and was mm-hmm. giving him that role. So, yep, mm-hmm. you're you're definitely right there. Yeah, he he. I think Bud likes him because uh, you know in that Villanova that final game in the in the championship 
he showed up. And I think Bud knows that, you know, Dante is that type of player. And I've seen like Lowry, I've seen other players, like respected guards in the league who respect Dante a lot. Cause they know that Dante is like one of the best two way guards. And like, he's not like upper echelon, but he's definitely up there when it comes to like defensive presence and offensive presence. And um, something that I want to get into when it comes to Dante, because I read it on The Athletic, was that Dante, when he lays up, he lays up. You should know how, you know, when you go with your right foot, you lay it with your left hand. Yep. I've known, and someone mentioned this, that Dante, when he goes with his left foot, he'll, left, he'll lay up with his left hand. And that's something that they're noticing that Dante isn't finishing when he's going with the same hand and same foot right. to the rim. I don't know if you wanted to elaborate on that. Um, yeah, I mean, that it's different, right? I mean, I think uh, he's a slasher kind of player. Like, mm-hmm. I mean, when I saw Dante blow up, you know, in the in the NCAA tournament there, like, I thought, like, this dude's just a, a dead-eye shooter. Like, that's mm-hmm. what he does. Yeah. Um, and, and his shooting has been kind of all over the place so far. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. for the Bucks here but yeah it has a bit. I think he still has the ability he's got a great release he can make those tough shots I mean he's made some really really tight contested shots I mean when you see guys do that like it's it's not a fluke a lot of the time mm-hmm. like it's just hard to be consistent mm-hmm. in the league and I think that's just the Bucks summed up a lot of you know a lot of the ways like they're just not consistent all the time we yeah lose to bad teams especially more this year I mean the last yeah. two years we yeah. were beating up on the bad teams and mm-hmm. it was great and we would be hit or miss against uh the good teams mm-hmm. but you know this year it's just it's been all over the place I I, I always I think, think like I never know what I'm going to get with the Bucks every yeah. game when I'm watching them it's like what team's going to show up today and sure. this year sure. is a prime example of that mm-hmm. um but yeah I mean I think Dante can he can get to the basket he's quick um he he operates pretty well in the pick and roll too with Giannis. Mm-hmm. Yeah. His pick um, and roll game. Yeah, it, for sure. And uh, it, it's weird how he does it. I've definitely noticed that, you know, jumping off the same leg as he sh- uh, like Laps. jumping off his left shooting with his left. It's very odd. Yeah. Um, but I mean, he's gotten a lot better. I think this season at being able to finish yeah. the rim, like early on in the year, there were just times where he, he kind of gets a little too like, spazzy at times or he's yeah. just like I gotta do something like I'm mm-hmm. just gonna full rush into the lane kind of like Bledsoe and just try and yeah a play and it just it just doesn't, doesn't work. work it's yeah. just unnecessary it's like just let the offense happen like just play mm-hmm. your role be that guy who like I'm fine with him you know going at the rim like we yeah. guys who like can switch it up a little bit and not yeah. just hit catch and shoot shots or, or take catch and shoot shots yeah. I must say um so I think he's got that ability but um there's just the thing that really drives me nuts with him is when he does that early on in the shot clock it's like man what are you doing like we don't need this like I got to get to the basket when they're clearly set on defense and he's just trying to make a play it's Mm -hmm. like I like the aggression I really do but I just think he needs to know his role a little bit more Mm -hmm. um and I think he'll get there I mean he's he's an important player to this team I think his defense is definitely a tier above his offense yeah uh, for sure really active with his hands mm-hmm. and and he just makes great plays and gets a lot of steals steals and, crazy yeah it's it's really remarkable um so like we need him to play well like he if he can 
get to like if he could hover around 15 points a game like the second half of the year getting around that 40 percent from three like look out for this team I mean he he's that x factor for us in my opinion um I mean you're gonna we're relying on the big three Giannis Chris and Drew to do their thing and obviously if one of them doesn't perform we're gonna see that impact but assuming they do like if Dante can get up to that level I mean that's gonna be the key for this team to make a deep playoff run so and I don't their best young asset that we have I've heard guys even like, obviously he was almost traded this off season. Um, and at the time, like I was excited about getting Bogdanovich just because mm-hmm. he seemed like a perfect fit for the team. Yeah. Great, great shooter, more consistent. Definitely not the defender that, that yeah. Dante is, but Definitely not. as of right now, like I'm okay with that trade not happening. I really am. I think in the, the long run, it's going to benefit this team. You know, Dante's still on a cheap deal he's still a young asset that he's really the only young asset we have. So, yeah. and he has a lot of upside. Exactly. I, I think upside. he's got some room to grow. So yeah, yeah. He's just a guy that we just mm-hmm. need a little bit more consistency from. I just wanted to mention one more thing about uh, Dante. Sure. I've noticed that Dante, um, I think something that he could improve on to make him to take that next step. I've noticed like he can, his, his pace is incredible. Like he can speed up and slow down like so fast. And I've noticed that he has that kind of like speed, like Kyrie. And if he uses, if he can like start to beat his men, like if he can use his handles more efficiently, start using a little bit more crossover, start like creating that space, do something that Chris Middleton does, create space. All right. That's something that DiVincenzo, because we know he's aggressive. We know he can score to the rim. But we don't see him, you know, crossing up as much because I feel like he could with the the skills that he has, how fast he is, how much, how energetic he is. I feel like if he can get that handle more and create that space with somebody, he can really because he we've seen he's a three point shooter, right? Like, oh, yeah, he can shoot like the last few games he's been shooting over. I think he's had a few 30 feet, 30 feet shots. Yep. I think yeah. he's had two or three. So I, I know his confidence is getting up there. So if we can, if he can create that, that space, get a step back maybe, or, you know, get that shot up, that's something that would take him a step higher. Uh, I, I really like that point there. Yeah. Uh, he just, he's got a very diverse skill set on mm-hmm. offense. I just don't see it. I sometimes we just don't see it in general. Like obviously mm-hmm. Giannis does his thing and Chris mm-hmm. does his thing and, and Drew is, is great with the ball. But like, there's just times where Dante just, I feel like, tries to do too much and maybe mm-hmm. not do the right thing. Like mm-hmm. like you said, I think he's got some good ball handles and can somewhat create his own shot mm-hmm. um, and, and hit tough shots. Like he's, Yeah, he's that's what he's good at. Scorer, in yeah. my opinion. We're just not seeing it consistently. Mm-hmm. So I completely agree there. I think he's just got to find his role a little bit more. And, and if he does, uh, this, this Bucks team is really going to take the next step. Yeah. Yeah, for um, sure. So I think we touched on pretty much every player here yeah. uh, that we could talk about. Um, so I want to ask you a long-term question here for this season, and and that's, do you think this team can make the finals? That is a very, very hard question to answer, but I think the way we're going right now, I want to have optimism. I feel like if – Certain players step up, 
for example, if Dante steps up in the playoffs, we're going to see that this team is going to be unparalleled. Like, I feel like Dante, I think not a lot of people realize that Dante is probably the key factor on the starting lineup. If Dante, we've seen this season when Dante has great games, that what's that one game he had? He had 20, the 22 point game or 23 point game. Pelican game, I believe. Yeah. And we won that, right? Yeah. Yeah. We, yeah. You were out without yeah. Drew. We he had that yeah. they drew that charge at the end of the game on Brandon. Mm-hmm. Crazy. And he he had I think like six steals or something. Yeah, like that. crazy. crazy. It was a lot. I mean, yeah. it, that, that's what he can do, right? And yeah. Totally yeah. Right there. Yeah, and um, I think if certain people step up, I think we can win Philadelphia. I don't know how like. We're definitely going to match up against them maybe if Joel Embiid wakes up and does stuff in the playoffs because we know that Joel Embiid's a regular season guy. Mm -hmm. And that's kind of – I want to just kind of go off topic a little bit to the MVP talk, how people are kind of doing this this double standard where they say that, oh, Giannis doesn't show up in the playoffs and he's not in the MVP conversation, but Joel Embiid doesn't show up in the playoffs and somehow he's in the MVP conversation. Like, I don't really get that. I don't know how they weigh it because – Giannis is putting up 29 points and he's not even top five in MVP, but I'm with you there. It, yeah. it doesn't make much sense. Honestly, yeah. to me, it's like voter fatigue. Like, yeah. Giannis it's just voter fatigue. fatigue. They want to see him win in the playoffs and, mm-hmm. and get to yeah. the finals at mm-hmm. the bare minimum. And, and until he does that, and I don't think he's winning another MVP yeah. unless he puts up like 40 a game or just yeah, that, yeah. astronomically Someone's high. Yeah. Um, and I think that's where we're at here. Like, Joel Embiid is clearly loved by the media. They mm-hmm. just they love talking about him. He's like the Luka Doncic. Yeah, yeah, the East. Where, where they just hype, they're just all about talking mm-hmm. about him. I and I get it; they're great, great players. But like, like you said, Philly just seems like they always collapse somehow. Um, I, I don't trust them even going into the playoffs. Like, yeah, they're a great team. I like the moves they made, adding a Seth Curry uh, this off season. I think that was a great pickup for them, mm-hmm. but. I don't trust them. I, I just think they're just some way, some way, shape or form an injury, which we've seen what, yeah. the last two post seasons yeah. Embiid or Ben Simmons, like, yeah. something just always happens. And yeah. even though this team looks a little bit better this year, obviously, and Doc Rivers is a more stable coach. I just, I don't trust them mm-hmm. at all. So that, mm-hmm. that's my take on Philly. Yeah. I think Ben Simmons scored I think he had 17 points per game in the Raptors series last year, if I'm not mistaken. Like, he did really bad in the Raptors series when they got swept against him last year. So, yeah, like, he just has to prove himself. I don't want to hear – I don't want to hear any Philadelphia talk until they get past the first round, right? Um, the Nets, um, I don't know. The Blake Griffin thing, I am kind of angry about it. Like, oh, yeah, they have Blake Griffin, but also they gave up defense. So – and they were already a bad defensive team as it was. So they're even more of a defensive liability now. Like that's the most overshadowed thing in the East. Okay. Yeah. The Nets have a great offense, but their defense is what number 20 years, 27th in it's really bad. Like it's just really bad. Yeah. Yeah, My take on the Nets is I I honestly think they're the favorites to win. They are. And I think they should be just because, 
like I, their defense isn't great, obviously. Yeah. That, but man, can they score? Yeah, little? they can. Yeah, they, they just can. have three of the best scores in the mm-hmm. league, and it's they it's do. gonna be tough to stop that team. Like they can put up one forty any night, and it's just mm-hmm. like man, how you gotta you gotta be able to win those shootout games to beat them. And mm-hmm. if the Bucks can't clean up their defense a little bit here, like obviously the last two years, one of the best, if not the best, defensive team in the in the league in the regular season. Obviously not the case this year, but if if we don't clean that up, like I, I don't know if we can take that team. I, I really don't. I mean, they're just too elite offensively. And like, yeah, we're we have great players and like they don't have a great matchup for Giannis at all. Like they DeAndre don't. Jordan, he can't no. guard Giannis. I mean, he's big and and somewhat athletic, um, mm-hmm. but I mean he can't do it. They're clearly mm-hmm. they double him um, yeah. and make you know the other guys beat him, but man, I just, I don't see how they're not the favorites at this point. And, yeah. and adding James Harden, like he's clearly adapted his playing style and man, he's like, his facilitating point is... guard. I mean, it's just, it's unbelievable. He's got that, like that game where he can just take anyone off the dribble and hit that little floater in the paint, like almost at will. And it, and he can obviously hit the crazy step back threes and, and he's a really good passer. I mean, just him molding into that role, not the dribble dribble shoot with one second left mm-hmm. like he did in Houston uh over the last few years like now that he's in this role and Kyrie's kind of playing that two guard and mm-hmm. he's just a absolutely gifted scorer I mean mm-hmm. man it's just going to be tough to beat a team like that so yeah I yeah. think we could get to the finals I think it's possible if we like just shoot really well like it's a shooter's league this these days mm-hmm. we can get hot and, and really make some shots and just maybe make a little tweak mm-hmm. here at the trade deadline and, and clean up the defense a little bit. Like it's possible. We have yeah, it is three possible. really good players and, and some other great role players. Like we, we could make it happen, but mm-hmm. it's, I think it's really going to take a lot for us to mm-hmm. get there in my opinion. And I think another thing that should be mentioned is that like, we don't really know, like considering it's COVID and what happened last season in the bubble, I think we should kind of take a, like, take it, as like a grain of salt of what will happen in the playoffs, because we've seen what Miami did last year, right? Like we didn't even expect them to go anywhere. Right. And they, they went to the finals. So they're really any team can, can go crazy. Cause in my opinion, the Celtics are still there. Oh, definitely. So they can still do something. Oh, so yeah. I feel like there are still a lot of teams that are there, but um, my opinion for the bucks, for them to stay there and to compete against the Nets in the Eastern Conference Finals, Drew Holiday and Chris Middleton, those two guys are going to have to play their the, the series of their life because Chris Middleton and that is going to be a tough matchup with, I don't know who Chris is going to take. Who do you think Chris is going to take? He's not going to take Kyrie. He can't take Kyrie. He's going to take oh, Joe. Man, that, I, I, Drew's going to take KD for sure. Yeah, part. Uh, sorry, you said uh, who'd you say Drew is? Drew's be? probably going to guard Katie because Gay, Katie didn't do really good in the the Nets game when Drew guarded him, and I think Giannis is obviously going to guard either DeAndre Jordan or another one of those players or switch off. But for me, I, I almost think it makes more sense to throw Drew on Harden. On Harden, I just think he's operating the offense. He's the one who's calling the mm-hmm. shots and if drew can get in his face a little bit and just you know do the things that he does that we've seen him do this year i think that that's gonna 
provide the most value for the Bucks on defense. Mm-hmm. I would throw Giannis on KD. I mean, they're like the same height, six so eleven. You- uh, I mean, obviously, it's going to be a tough guard for Giannis. I mean, mm-hmm. KD is the best offensive player in the league. I, I don't think that's a debate, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. Um, clearly going to be a tough matchup for him, but I think he can he can do it. And um, then that's that's a series where, you know, you throw Brooke Lopez on a DeAndre Jordan, and then Middleton is – maybe you even mask Middleton a little bit, throw him on Joe Harris, and then you throw Dante on Kyrie because I think – Dante on Kyrie would actually make a lot of sense. Uh, he's quick. I mean, he's, he's a pesky defender and you don't want Middleton to get too exhausted on the defensive end guarding one of those top three guys. So that, that actually sounds pretty good to me. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that makes sense. On that. Yeah, that makes sense. I was thinking like Dante could go on James, but yeah, that, that reasoning with like the whole Kyrie is really fast and tiring. That makes a lot of sense there. And I think it's going to come down to Drew, honestly, because like you said, uh, I don't know how many questions back, but you said that, like, we don't really know the impact that Drew has. Like, we don't see his, like, we have his stats, but we don't see the little things that he does. Like, his defensive presence, uh, like, switching, his um, calling out, uh, uh, like, the all-access, there are clips of him um, calling out positions, like, his position calling, everything. There are little things that he does that just changes the game, and that showed in that five in that five game losing streak. Like once we lost Drew, everything collapsed. And yeah, I think he's the mesh. I, I totally agree. I mean, I think we haven't even seen like the complete player that he can yeah, be. I not really even think like him to be more aggressive on the offensive end, even. I, I think he's just he's so composed. He he finds those holes in the defense, finds the right spots, he mm-hmm. makes the right plays. Uh and he's just such a solid offensive player. He, he he's a I'm fine with him shooting shots. I mean, he yeah. can create his own shot and mm-hmm. he can hit him. So, yeah, I mean, I don't think we've seen the full Drew Holiday quite yet. Nope. And his defense, like you said, like he definitely seems like that that middle linebacker, the Ray Lewis type that's just mm-hmm. like calling all the shots and, and knowing where guys need to be. And and that's so incredibly valuable to, to a team, especially like mm-hmm. the Bucks. I don't see – or I don't think Eric Bledsoe was that guy. No, he wasn't. Trying no, to rip yeah. on Bledsoe continuously here. But I mean, it's just the, the upgrade was was clearly mm-hmm. worthwhile for us. So yeah, I, I agree. I mean, Drew Holiday has got to be that swing player. And if he can really, you know, get in hard in space and, and really get to him a little bit and he got Dante chasing around Kyrie because yeah. um, Kyrie's playing that off ball two guard and, and getting mm-hmm. a lot of movement. I think that that could actually work pretty well for them. It's mm-hmm. just, it's going to come down to making shots. In my opinion, mm-hmm. yeah. they're going to make, their shots they're gonna get theirs joe harris is that dude's a stud at shooting lights the, out i think he's the best uh three point best player. yeah best for sure has yeah, to be. it's it might not even be that close um yeah. so they've just got just so many pieces to work with um so yeah i mean we'll see what ends up happening here like i said earlier i think more than other years this one seed could be really valuable for the bucks this season if they can squeak in there only two games back from philly it's certainly possible mm-hmm. um we, we're going to play philly a couple times here in, in the second half if we can beat them i think we play them at least twice maybe three yeah. i'm not quite sure twice i think um so those are going to be pivotal games we play mm-hmm. brooklyn at least one more time i mean mm-hmm. if we can start beating some elite teams like that's been a thing for me this season that drove me nuts is our best win. Finally, we got a good elite 
win against the Clippers uh, not too long ago. And like, other than that, we just couldn't get it done against mm-hmm. the Nets. We were really close. We almost beat the Suns without uh, yeah. Holiday. I mean, just yeah. these, these games that we, I've seen so many times where it's like, we have the chance to win it at the end. We just mm-hmm. can't get it done. It, it's yeah. tough. And I think if we can get that one seed this year, it's, it's really, really going to help, especially yeah. if we can maybe get some more fans back into the arena. Um, once uh, more people get vaccinated and whatnot, uh, I'm going to be, I'm a season ticket holder myself. I'm going to be going to four games in the second half here. Oh. And their, their hopes are to get 25% capacity in there for the second half of the season. And then who knows at that point. So oh, I think awesome. the one seed is very valuable this year, in my opinion. Yeah, it is. We just, I mean, honestly, we can all agree that we got screwed over big time last year in the bubble. Okay. I think, we all know that, but I mean, we can't really take that as a, like an excuse. We still played terrible against Miami. Mm-hmm. There's no excusing that. Um, but yeah, that's all I got to say. Cool. Uh, so let's uh, let's end it with uh, the second half of the season here. What what would you like to see more from the Bucks in the second half of the season? Just in terms of anything we talked about, bench mm-hmm. rotations, yeah. defensive schemes, just overall anything from any player and any coaching style mm-hmm. what would you like to see more from the bucks here um first off i think like you mentioned drew being back uh with him having covid and everything i'm glad he's safe but um i think that is literally going to rejuvenate everything i watched that clippers game and i had a huge smile on my face in that fourth quarter because for some reason, even though we were, it was that close with the Clippers, I didn't, I wasn't really that scared because I knew Drew was there. And I'm starting to get really excited to what Drew, Giannis, and Chris can do because they beat Kawhi and PG. I think Kawhi had, he had a, a really bad game against the Bucks in that game, I remember. Like yeah. Drew did uh, really good against him. Really rough fourth quarter. Yeah. I, I don't think they scored for the last, like, at least four minutes of that. Yeah. Game. Yeah. And they, I think it was Kawhi and PG went like 0 for 9 from the, yeah, at that time. I mean, Easy. it was, it looked like the bubble collapse last year mm-hmm. they had against mm-hmm. the Denver Nuggets when they were up three to one mm-hmm. and couldn't close that series up. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, that's a great point. Mm-hmm. And if that game, if we can, like, if the second season can be a represent, representation of that game then that's what I would want it to be. I want, I want it to be energy. I want it to be intensity on the offensive floor, the defensive floor, um, like communicating and coming into the third quarter and not going to sleep because in the third quarter in that Clippers game, we were still there. Like, yeah, we did lose the lead. We had a huge lead and then they came back. Um, and that was kind of expected because it is the third quarter, but we did kind of keep that lead. We didn't blow it. They, they got a little bit ahead, but we came back. And, um, yeah, if this second half of the season we can really utilize, um, like, that fourth quarter, if we can work and improve on improving the Bucks' fourth quarter, because our closing out is a really big issue. Because, big time. yeah, it's, it's like we're, we're used to scoring 20, 15 points on teams and winning by that amount. And then when it's, like, a five-point margin, we just – we just lose it in the last like three minutes. Yeah. Like it's, it's terrible. And if we can improve in that sense, then I think we can really take it far in the finals. I really think we can. I really like that last point there. Um, like you said, the last two years, you know, just blow out games, starters on the bench, you know, bringing in the, the bench guys and, and just 
it was great. I mean, yeah, we were mm-hmm. winning these games, but yeah. we didn't have a lot of the experience of being mm-hmm. in those close games. And mm-hmm. this year, they've been in so many close games. And mm-hmm. it's been, so many. It's been up and down. Yeah. But I think lately, even the Memphis game, you know, the last game we played here uh, just about a week ago, I mean, that was – I was not feeling good when we no, were I was I was really I was shaky. No, oh, no doubt. And I, it just felt like that one was we were gonna lose it. And honestly, yeah. that would have been a bad loss because just you know, losing uh, the last game before the first half, you know, it just after mm-hmm. a big clippers win and then obviously the big embarrassment against Denver. Mm-hmm. Um, it just I don't think it would have been great for the team's mojo in general. But yeah, pulling out that game, especially with the Drew game winner, I mean that's I think that in itself is like you said is just going to be like all right like we got to we got to figure this out you know like we got to play yeah. better and not have it come down to this point yeah uh, just being up and down in the fourth quarter yeah in um, that Clippers game like you said they they were great to close out the game we saw mm-hmm. in the third quarter Serge Ibaka had like 12 points yeah five yeah he did crazy I mean that's almost like you almost take it at and that that's, point. He's yeah. making tough shots. Like it wasn't Kawhi. It wasn't Paul George. Like it's like almost if dudes making tough shots, like what can you do at that point? Sometimes? Yeah. Better offense usually always beats better mm-hmm. defense. Yeah. So that one I wasn't too concerned about. Um, it's just, you know, our, our record of when we're trailing going into the fourth quarter is very bad. Yeah, uh, it is. We were trailing in that game, which just, kind of had some negative thoughts running through mm-hmm. my mind. I was like, yeah. this is going to be one of those games again. Yeah. But we saw him turn it around. And, mm-hmm. and Giannis has mentioned in some of his like post-game press conferences that it's great to be in these close games. It's different for this team. And, and it could really benefit them in the playoffs, being able to just be used to that atmosphere. Mm-hmm. Every possession matters. I mean, it, it should regardless, but y- you know what I'm saying. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I mean, I, I really like that point mm-hmm. there. Um, in terms of what I'd like to see a little bit, um, I agree with most, most of what you said. I'm going to go on a different point in terms of I'd like to see more of that small ball lineup that I talked about earlier. Um, I, I think that just this day and age, you've got to have that small ball lineup. It comes into play a lot, like, mm-hmm. like Brooklyn, for example. Blake Griffin, he might end up running the five in that small ball lineup. Mm-hmm. DeAndre Jordan, I mean, yeah, he, he's going to start games, but I don't think he's going to close games unless maybe it's against the uh, 76ers, you know, for mm-hmm. an Embiid. But I think they're really going to utilize a small ball lineup with like Blake, KD, Kyrie, Harden, and Joe Harris. Mm-hmm. Um, so you, you've got to have that s- sort of lineup in today's NBA. And, and Bobby Portis is perfect for that. Mm-hmm. I mean, you put him at the five or Giannis at the five, him at the four, whatever you want to do. I don't think it really matters. Um and then, you know, Drew Middleton, and then either one of these three guys, Dante, Pat, or Forbes, I, it, it would be between Dante and Pat for me. Mm-hmm. I really like Pat in that role. Um, yeah. I think it should be Dante. It really should. Um, but we just got to see what he does in, in mm-hmm. the second half of the year. And, yeah. and I think it's good for Coach Bud to have, like, that three kind of options there, to, like, ride the hot hand a little bit, you know, mm-hmm. like, it's, probably going to come down to who's making shots i mean yeah dante is the best defender of the three i think yeah. Pat is he's a step below for sure but i think he's still good enough to to be valuable in that role yeah. i've actually been somewhat impressed with Bryn forbes defense this season yeah i have too i don't know if you want to touch on that a little bit i'll give you, you my yeah. feel. uh 
I knew he's like he's a very undersized two guard, like six two, six three, pretty stocky. He's got he's got a good NBA body, but um, he actually moves his feet pretty well, and he definitely tries out there and, and contests shots pretty well. I don't know what your thoughts are on that, but that's kind of where I'm at with his D. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I've um, in the beginning of the season, I heard there was a lot of issues with like him, you know, driving the lane and not being that good on the offensive end when it came to not shooting. And on the defensive end, I was worried about him not being able to, like, you know, keep his chest out in front of the player and they'd kind of beat him. But I've noticed that, like, he's really able to stay in front of his man. And I thought that that was a thing that what he, he wasn't going to be able to do. And off pick and rolls, he wasn't going to be able to get on that man and stay in front of him. But he has been able to stay in front of him. And sure. he's, he's good off switches. He's got, like you said, his feet are fast. He keeps his hands up. And I, I'm really not that, like, his, his defense has been a plus And, like, it's been better. Like, it's an improvement for the team. No, I, I totally agree there. I mean, going looking back at the offseason, when we started signing some of these guys, I mm-hmm. would just look for some Reddit threads of, like, mm-hmm. I'll just type in Bryn Forbes Reddit and just, like, see what Spurs fans thought of it. Yeah, yeah. A lot of, uh, a lot of people were, like, yeah, his defense isn't great. He's an yeah. undersized two guard. Mm-hmm. I mean, he's going to get bullied by some of these bigger guys. Mm-hmm. And I didn't see much positive there. So it was a concern for me for mm-hmm. sure. I knew he was a great shooter, um, but that was really it. Mm-hmm. And man, he's really, he's really impressed me on the defensive mm-hmm. end. So I think he's a candidate for that small ball lineup, especially if he's shooting like he does. Mm-hmm. I mean, man, he gets tough shots just yeah. off the he does. Off pick and rolls just popping it right away like those JJ Reddick shots where he's like mm-hmm. baiting to the left and just somehow makes them mm-hmm. consistently like he can do that mm-hmm. and that's really valuable to this team so yeah. that that's pretty much where I'm at in terms of what I'd like to see more in the second half yeah I, I still want Bud to continue with making these adjustments and and switching more on defense mm-hmm. and, and that sort of thing and just knowing what he has on his bench like you said throw Finasty out there if, if mm-hmm. we need some energy or yeah give Tory Craig a little more run or, or just, just pr- you utilize the guys that you have. And I think he's yeah. actually done a, a really good job of that this year. Yeah. So that's, yeah. that's really my main point. There is, is the small ball lineup. Mm-hmm. So that's all we've got for you guys. Um, yeah. I had a lot of fun. I, I hope you did too. This is my first guest on the podcast here. And uh, yeah. thanks a lot for, for joining me. Yeah, no, thank you for having me. I mean, I'm new to this. I'm uh, just trying to improve and he gave me the opportunity. So I want to thank him for that. And uh, thank you guys for watching. And uh, yeah, I don't know what else to say. Yeah. Well, just thanks again. And uh, maybe just give one more reminder of uh, where they can find you. On oh yeah. Twitter. Uh, so you can find me at uh, bucks underscore take on Twitter. Um, I message, I'm there every day. So if you want to send me a message or you want to at me, I'm, I'm going to reply. So don't worry about that. Um, yeah, that's where you can find me. Perfect. Well, thanks yeah. again, man. And uh, let's do this sometime again. Yeah. Thank you. Cool. Hope you guys enjoyed it and uh, go Bucks. Yeah. Fear the deer.